Welcome to Everyday Martial Artist, a weekly podcast where you'll join me, Brian Doucette, as I interview a different martial artist each episode and hear their story. Some guests you may have heard of and some you probably haven't. Be sure to subscribe where all your favorite podcasts are available. Also visit our website at everydaymartialartist.com. If you're listening for a specific interview, I sure hope you'll stay and check out the other episodes. A very special thank you to Topher Williams for our custom theme music. And now, the newest episode of Everyday Martial Artist. Everyday Martial Artist is brought to you by KOonline.com for all your martial arts needs. Sparring and safety gear, rank belts, uniforms, weapons, patches, and more. Wholesale supplies made by martial artists for martial artists. Visit us today at KO-Online.com. Hello and welcome to the newest edition of Everyday Martial Artist. I'm your host, Brian Doucette. On this week's episode, we have the head instructor and owner of Red River Traditional Taekwondo in Fargo, North Dakota, Jim Grimstead on the show. How are you doing today, sir? Doing great. Good to talk to you. So for a lot of people who don't know, let's just kind of go back to the beginning. Do you remember, like, first of all, as a child, and I, I think you started Taekwondo at the age of around 11 or 12, if I remember. Correct. Yeah, I started 11. Okay. So as a, before that, was there something that sparked your interest in martial arts? Was there like a, a movie, a TV show, something you saw? A lot of people my age remember uh, watching Kung Fu and uh, had two older brothers who were taking Shotokan at NDSU and I was, uh, I couldn't take it there. So only other place to go was there was one martial arts school, Taekwondo school in town. And that was Grandmaster Mu Young Yun and Northwest Karate School. Taekwondo, yeah. That was the only one at the time. That okay. was it. There was uh, somebody, uh, George Funny, I think was the gentleman's name. I know. Teaching, uh, teaching out of out of the Y. And uh, just as far as accreditation, you know, Grandmaster Yun was the legitimate the thing. But seeing my older brothers, you know, do it and they're wearing their their Japanese gi and hitting each other, it, I, I I wanted to do it, but there was no way I could. So. So what was that first class? Do you remember that first class when you yeah. walked in? What it was oh like? What your your experience and memories? Uh, it was things that we would never get away with. Now um, uh, we did sparring. My my first class, no no uniform. I remember uh, hurting my fingers really bad because somebody did a front kick and I tried to block downward with with my fingertips. Not having been taught how to properly, we have no protection, no nothing. It's uh, it was it was different. I the reason I knew about Master Yun was. I'm trying to remember the name, Bacchus, I think was the name of the, uh, the writer for the forum at that time, did an interview with him. And in the interview, which I still have, the clipping, talked about uh, watching Master and slap a, slap a boy across the face because he was crying. You know, and nobody batted an eye. That was, that was then. So walking into the gym and sparring the first day, uh, you know, that kind of stuff was no big deal. You, this would have been, what, early 80s, late 70s? 1978. Yeah, okay. September of 78. I remember it well. Wow. And then uh, how long before your, your first test back then? Was it kind of the same time frame as now or was it, how much different was it? Tested for your white belt at that time. So oh, yeah, wow. yeah, tested for your white belt. And I think that was a, a one month, one month okay. in and did four way pattern. If you remember that. Yep. Yeah. Very cool. Yes. So then what made it, what was it about that school that made you stick with it and want to continue to doing it? Um, I have no idea. Honestly, I look back now as, as an instructor, as somebody who works hard to make that balance between discipline and fun. And I look at how we did push-ups on, uh, on the, uh, the hot tarmac in the parking lot uh, as kids running, running barefoot with bricks on our shoulders down the uh, barefoot, down the, down the P-Rock, uh, you know, alleyways. I don't know. <laughs> there weren't a lot of us. Grandmaster Yoon was a uh, independently wealthy man. He did not, I, I, he told parents to their face, 
this is a house of discipline. If you don't like it, go someplace else. There was no place else. He knew that. So uh, why I stayed with, I honestly don't know. But I, as a as a martial artist, have to be business owner as well. I can't do that anymore. There's so many options here in town. Uh, I have to get that balance between apparently very masochistic kids like myself who did not mind bloody knuckles from doing push-ups on bricks. Uh, but it's the kids who aren't as crazy as I was, who need the discipline, and I have no idea why I stayed in. That's the short part. Well, that's good, though. Oh, you know, yeah, obviously, paid over. You know, in the long run, it was the, the best decision, obviously. Yeah, oh, yeah so. it's 1978, so it'll be, it'll be coming up on yeah, 42, 42 years. So yeah. then what um, what level before you started kind of assisting and in, in helping teach class? I think it was Red Belt. Oh, and wow. uh, Grandmaster Yoon had somebody, Tim Cody, uh, teaching uh, he was my, was one of the assistants at the gym. And then, uh, he started his own, uh, branch school just across the river and he needed help on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I helped out there. And then it was at Mass Dunes on Monday, Wednesdays and a Saturday morning classes. So. Wow. And yeah. wh- when was it that you decided that it was something you thought you wanted to do maybe oh, for the rest of your life? I, <laughs> I don't recall. I just remember, I still have sketches. I, I love to draw. So I've had sketches mm-hmm. of how my gym was going to be laid out and how my, you know, my school is going to be. And, uh, I, I don't know if it was looking at how, how cool, uh, Rich Johnson and Tim Cody and, uh, Don Nelson, how cool those guys were. And I couldn't wait to grow up to be like them, not knowing that what, what, what but I would just want to be an instructor. It was just the, uh, that's what I was going to do. So I, this was my college. This was my education. This was my, my degree was going to be, I didn't need to fall back on anything else. And then what kind of describe your, your first black belt test, what age? And do you remember some of the stuff you had to do during that test? I have the complete list. I have the grandmaster. Oh wow. yeah. Yeah. Master sent out, uh, gave us a letter. And, uh, so I have, I have the letter with, you know, what we need, what time to be there, what you know the requirements were. And, uh, yeah. And I believe it was March 3rd of, uh, 82. Uh, I have the, say have the, have the letter, but, uh, definitely 82. And, uh, some of the things that, you are familiar with some mm-hmm. of the series, whether it's 21 movement, 22 movement, working series, all the patterns, uh, sparring, uh, lots of breaking. At, at that time, it would be a very small gym. His his gym, for those who are familiar with the Fargo-Moorhead area, is uh, 312 North University Drive, and it's uh, has been a little tax uh Tax place. It's been a wasn't it roses to go roses at one point. To go, I, so. I think it was. Yeah, and I, I used to used to when we go jogging, bring the students down there, and they have them kind of pace off. And with our current gym, we have square mats that are meters, and they are you know we match out. It's about eight meters, you know, long and about you know five meters. Oh, was, I we could wow. literally touch touch your hand on one side, reach out, touch your hand on one side, and do a do a jump kick and and hit your partner on the other side of the room and. Frequently had to worry about uh, keeping your guard up because it wasn't your partner who might accidentally hit you. It was the guy next to you. There, there were times, Mastoon was very, very good, had lots of students. So there were times where uh, Saturday morning classes, especially, I remember having half the class would have to sit down. So this half could practice and then switch. And this, yeah. Anyhow. So it's changed a little bit. Things, things <laughs> That's changed, even, so. even smaller than your uh, your Broadway school that you had. Yeah. Oh, yes, that was yeah, pretty yeah, small yeah, too. Yeah. So that was, yep. So uh, as far as uh, the testing, yeah, I remember there was 13 of us packed into wow. yeah exactly so i remember the test i remember who was there so uh, all the black belt level tests you've done over the years which one do you think was the hardest physically physically um they've all hopefully been good and challenging that way i don't know if anyone seriously really stands out um the most taxing i think was this this 
I, perhaps my seventh degree when I went to test in Korea for my seventh degree. The, I had a, did not know it at the time, but I had a broken ankle. We, we were, yeah, it was fun. Recently, it's last September, I went to Korea again for my eighth degree, and uh, it was a, a blast. It was horrible, hard, uh, wonderful, you know, torturous exercise. Every day I had a chance to work with the head forms instructor of the, the Kukiwan, a gentleman who is shorter than, than myself. He must be about 5'4 or so, and uh, watching him break a baseball bat with his, with his forearm, doing just a block. So why that was difficult was because every time I would do something incorrectly, he would he would hit my arm or hit my leg. Oh my goodness! Wow. Yeah, I so <laughs> it was it was very good old school fun. Uh, it was it was fantastic. It was uh, as a martial artist, I think what you what you what you look for you look for that uh, kind of perfection and discipline. But it was, it was physically taxing because <laughs> I would have bruises and aches, and uh, it was fun. So now, at what uh, what point did you realize how how much you enjoyed sparring? Because I know for a long time that's kind of what you were oh, known for. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it um, immensely. I, I look back at, at the decades, and uh, for the first I say you know like ten years of being a black belt, loved sparring, and I there was it wasn't a tournament you know I wouldn't go to, and uh, there was one person, uh, Master Tom Lamb, one guy I could never defeat anybody else. There was nobody else. I would. I, and I, so I'd purposely go to any tournament I could if I knew Tom was going to be there, I, just for a chance to spar him, which was so much fun. How many times did you spar him? Do you remember? Rough guess. No, no. I, I maybe maybe five or six times. Oh wow. Yeah. And he was yeah. Park Rapids, right? Correct. I believe? Yeah, okay. correct. Yeah. So I knew the name sounded Amazing. familiar. So oh, just just a phenomenal uh, tactician. Just uh, uh, so fast, so good. And uh, his students as well. I've always enjoyed. And the only thing I was ever proud of was I was always able to beat his students. <laughs> but uh, so for the first, say, 10 years, sparring was just it for me. But I, there comes a, I like to think, a time of uh, maturity where it's, you go from doing to wanting to teach. Doing, right. and uh, either I can be really, really good, or I can spend my time making sure five or six other people do good at a tournament and do, you know, work with them. And I don't know. So uh, still enjoy sparring. I think the last time I did was I was, uh, Grandmaster, you never wanted us to, to fight after fourth degree. He said it was time to retire. But I, I think the last time I sparred was in a Bismarck tournament. I was fifth degree. I don't know, maybe as you, far as competition. You, if I remember, too, wasn't there one point you did, uh, you did a kickboxing match too? Yes, I did. In, involuntary. There, there was somebody <laughs> dropped out and uh, it was a Wapiton. It was a kickboxing match, and uh, he said, "So uh, we can we can get you some pants. <laughs> we can get you." I actually remember that match. That's why. And, and what I get a kick out of, I still remember it vividly, is that the other guy you were going against, obviously, you had never done this before in his life, and you were actually coaching and teaching him as you were trying to beat him. <laughs> I was trying to be nice. I was trying to be nice, and I, I. Uh, Yes, I was also trying not to get my nose broken because I, I, I don't, I didn't have a mouth guard. It was just throw, you know. Can you get in there? So my guard was high, my guard was up, uh, and yes, I remember several times kicking him and then holding back and watching him be just a little, little woozy. But uh, yeah, I don't know how prepared he was, but he, he was prepared for a fight. I was just there to judge that day until I was told, "Would you fight?" That's funny. And then what about breaking? That's another thing you were kind oh, of yeah. known for. You always kind of enjoyed doing, and you've done some pretty crazy breaks over the years yeah. where did that did that just come from normal competition and uh that came from trying to see it as the art side i really enjoyed just being creative as far as a breaking yeah definitely i mean i i that's where i excelled and i really try and pass it with my students i remember the uh 
perhaps you were there, Grandmaster Ewan's retirement. Uh, Which, the, in Wilmer? No, actually one here in Fargo. He did okay. one in Fargo, and that's where I first did uh, uh, throwing an apple up in the air and breaking it with a backspin and throwing an apple up in the air and you know, breaking the 360 roundhouse. And uh, I initially I had was throw, threw a board up in the air and broke it. That got a little easy. So, and then the triple front kick was, I was working the triple front kick, uh, as far as talking about enjoying breaking, you know, jumping up and, and kicking three boards, uh, breaking before you land. And that got a little too easy. So I decided to add two punches in there at the same time. And, uh, there was one tournament. I always thought it was funny. People were always scrambling to find holders. So I thought, you know, what if I did 10 boards with no holders? I'll hold it for myself. So one in each hand, jump up, double front kick, you know, break one with each foot at the same time, throw one up in the air, break it. Wow. Yeah. Just trying to do stuff that is different. Uh, breaking doesn't have to be power. Uh, breaking speed is a whole different thing. And I don't know, just do something fun. <laughs> yeah. I remember some of the apple breaks in class we practiced one oh, time, yeah. but I, I wasn't at that first retirement. I was at the one in Wilmer and it was the first time I met you was actually right before I okay. started in your school. It was, I think, March of 94, February 94. And the, the, yeah, that was an interesting, <laughs> interesting day. So I was, I was fortunate. Uh, Grandma Stewart had a, as a retirement here in Fargo. Had a, it was a competition, so I still have that plaque. I, I won that demonstration competition. Uh, but, no, I, I enjoy uh, take a brick and went to a – same thing, went to a demonstration once with a with – bricks but just one holder one stanchion one one stand and uh i remember somebody thought did you did you forget the other one no i if, if i put the bricks so they hang over the edge and i hit them fast enough they'll break so that was fun or or turning bricks on their side and breaking them the long way or, or i should say you know breaking them so the, the thick way instead of downwards just, there's so many as i say to me that's the that's the art part and uh anybody can hit just fast and but can you can you drop a board and break it before it hits the ground that's that's fun and I never enjoyed breaking until I started training with you. Thank you. And I, I actually remember the first time I ever broke a brick in my life. I had never done one. And we were doing a demonstration at the Ada Fair. Mm -hmm. And the morning of the demonstration, you said, Mr. Brian, you're breaking three bricks today with your forearm. I said, yes, sir. <laughs> I'd never done one before. And you had me do three. So yes. you had more confidence in, in me than I had in myself at the time. <laughs> well, one, one story about my own daughter uh rose one of our black belts one of our assistants was that uh she was helping out with a test and had a very large and by that i mean you know a stout big red belt and he couldn't break one brick forearm one brick forearm just couldn't do it and it's so psychological so i hopefully to spur him on not to make him feel bad but said rose set up eight bricks yes sir and walked <laughs> over petite young lady i uh, at that point i bet she was 15 and uh yeah eight bricks with her elbow and and, and you know just like it was nothing uh, breaking is, as you discovered, yeah. It, it's very mental. <laughs> oh, I have so many people who come from other schools, other disciplines, other styles, uh, high-ranking black belts from a different style, and uh, never have broken a brick. Uh, or uh, a break that we'll have our, our kids do is something that they did for black belt. And breaking is uh, not only a huge confidence thing, but I always equate it. I remember uh, um, the late... Vern Borgen just died here recently. Fantastic judo instructor who I've included in our in our school here many many years back uh, said, "I don't understand why you guys break stuff." And <laughs> for me, it's the same as archery or, or or rifle. You you hit a target. You want to see how accurate you are. You're not going to know until you hit something. So how, how many boards can I can I break? How many bricks can I break? What kind of power do I have? And that equates to if I can break you know three bricks with with this, then that's that's one of your ribs. I think one of one of my favorite breaks I ever saw. Well, probably my second favorite was, I think was Master Don Larson mm -hmm. doing the, was it five or six boards through a chest protector with his punch. Yes. That had so much power. Oh, <laughs> an amazing guy. And he's, he's an example of uh, working 
with your strengths. Uh, Master Don knows he will not do an in-the-air backspin or 540-degree, f- but yes, you if it, put a chest protector, protection around five boards, punch it, and it breaks, and that's that's damage. That's beyond impressive. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the first time, I didn't I didn't believe he was going to do it, but uh, I, I had been punched by him before, but not <laughs> no, that yeah, hard. Exactly. Yeah, not that hard. No, he, he obviously yeah. was holding back yeah, when he yeah. punched me in class, so that was... I'd like to think that's the idea as far as a martial artist is that uh, uh, you have... You have a weapon that nobody can see. You, you, I can put up with a lot of abuse because I know, like Don knows, he can do that kind of damage if he has to. I, I don't have, I don't have to be cornered. I don't have to be pushed. I don't have to be, I know if I, if I, I can put up with a lot of abuse because at the last moment, if I need to, I have a, have a weapon that can do a lot of damage, but it's nothing that you want to panic about. And I better fight my way out of this situation. No, I don't need to. I'm good. So let me ask you that then in 42 years, have you ever had to use any of your training in a real life situation? Yeah, there's always, there's always, and it's, but that idea of once again, we spar all the time, we fight all the time, we hit all the time. I, you know, we we do this constantly. So you, you, you pick up on when somebody is going to throw a kick, a punch is getting agitated, is getting worked up. Uh, But, but you also know, I don't need to match it. (laughs) I found out a long time ago, if somebody tries to hit you and you, you block it or whatnot, then the second or third one comes. Sometimes somebody pushes you, shoves you, hits you. Take it because it's it's not going to escalate from there. Or if it does, you know you know what to do very quickly. But yeah, if somebody wants to, yes, <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> but uh, uh, most most of the time, you can talk your talk your way out of things because you have the confidence to know that I do this every day. This guy's trying to start a fight. He doesn't know what he's what could happen. Right. Yeah. Then over the years, obviously your your school's grown in size and just the number of kids in general and, and people in general, the interest in martial arts has kind of exploded. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it, I think when I first started training, you, you maybe had, you know, five or seven adult students and, and maybe 12 to 15 total kid students. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and now it's, you know, you know, in the hundreds probably. Yes, yeah. So what do you think has changed as far as interest level in martial arts? Have you seen anything that you think has spiked the interest level for, I mean, like for me, I mean, you, it was Kung Fu for me, it was, you know, the karate kid, mm-hmm. you know, younger kids, it was maybe yeah. the power Rangers. So is there something you think, is it UFC type stuff coming out? Is it video games? What's, what's sparking the interest? I, I think there is a more of a prevalence now. There is, we were just talking about it the other day. Um, that uh, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, I had people call about class and would say, this isn't a religion, is it? You know, they're very, what is this weird thing that you, oh, all really, really common uh, because it was such a weird thing, this martial arts, and we only hear about the mysticism part of it. And, you know, uh, Kung Fu didn't help with that being, you know, him being a monk. <laughs> but uh, I think now it has become commonplace, normal. Now there's, it's not this weird thing anymore. It's, yeah. You take it for granted that this is a good thing for kids for discipline, a good thing for adults for self-defense. And like you said, when you first started, there was one school, and now within oh, yeah. a twenty-mile radius of Fargo Moorhead, there's thirty-five schools or more. Oh, I know. So, <laughs> a lot of competition, I suppose. I know. But it's also good, though. Obviously, and competition can be good. It does. So, it, 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 yes. uh, as we've talked about with other places, sometimes the best selling point for your gym is how bad somebody else <laughs> was yes, or mistreated. So, and yeah, sometimes it's, uh, we had a real bad experience over there and, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's nice to have people be able to shop around. So a total stranger asks you for advice on what to look for in a martial arts school, what to look for an instructor. What are some, some pointers you might give them just maybe not specifically about mm-hmm. your school, but just in general. And that's just, yeah, it is. I really try not to, I'm, I'm a horrible salesperson is, is, uh, what are you, what are you looking for? Are you looking for a, uh, you're looking for self-discipline and self-control? Are you looking to become a competitor? Are you looking for, uh, you know, weight loss? You know, is it, is it for a child? Is it for an adult? 
what, you know, try and first figure out what it is because there's so many different styles. There's different things that they're looking for. Uh, if it's a child with autism, child with, you know, disability of some sort, and you know, we have classes just for that, obviously, but uh, you know, where they are in the spectrum, if it's, if it's a discipline, then that's something that I really try and focus in. And I started when I was 11, as I say, and I, I'm really happy I had the advantage of I saw how Master student taught kids and I saw how, how he taught adults. So I, and I've you know, done both and they do, do teach them differently. I've never would mix the classes for that reason. I've had, you know, people want to know if they can take classes with their eight-year-old and, you know, it's just, it's not going to be the same. I'm going to, we're going to work on self-discipline with them and we're going to teach you how to break a neck, you know, <laughs> little things I don't want to teach eight-year-olds. Like the good old days. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I Martial art, Grandmaster Ewan was, was big with that. I remember asking him if he considered himself a you know, taekwondo uh, instructor or a, a hapkido master or, you know, I'm a martial artist. And I, yeah, that, that's just it. It doesn't matter what the name is, what you're doing, but a uh, martial artist is a, a whole genre, a whole different way of life, I guess. Well, one thing you're kind of known for, and I've talked to a lot of parents of students that they really appreciate is when it comes close to testing time, you always send a mm-hmm. slip home with the parents and it, I'm paraphrasing, but it says something to the effect of, has your child been doing well in school? Uh, yes or no. And has your child been respectful at home? Yes or no. And if either one is no, they don't get to test. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of parents appreciate that. I'm sure you probably also had some pushback from parents on it too. Not a single, no, seriously. Really? Wow. No, not okay. at all. There's the, because they are, they're in control that way. And uh, as I, I mean, I tell the kids all the time, uh, no mom and dad has ever called and said, you know, I, I really would like my child to learn how to break bricks with their head. Uh, you know, could, could you please teach my child how to, how to beat up other kids? No, it's always my son needs discipline. My son, my daughter needs self-control. So uh, many years back, he had a, wonderful little red belt young lady and a young girl and uh, her mom said well we're not gonna let her test because she pushed over her teacher <laughs> I, I, wow. her teacher yeah her teacher was bent over to do something and she shoved her and I thought, that is she's the most well-disciplined wonderful little girl in class and it, it dawned on me you know the perception kids have of me here in the gym yes sir no sir anything for you sir and then I'll see them argue with mom and dad as they, they, they change their clothes and get ready to walk out and I I started to think okay I I'm not seeing the real kid then. So we teach the, the tenets of Taekwondo, the first one being courtesy, and the tenets of the Warang, and the third being respect your parents and elders. So that's on that slip that you, you say, uh, you said. So I'll start to make this permission slip, and it's something I've done for, for decades now. But exactly that, that uh, and the moms and dads will use that as a, as a carrot and a stick, and awesome. Anything that will make a kid better, uh, that's that's what this is all about. Nobody's trying to turn their little guy into a fighter. And right. um, I've had students who, fortunate enough to have students who haven't seen him since they were a little kid. And I'll run into him someplace. They say, you know, because of you, because of the discipline, because of this or that. And and, and those are the things. So that, that discipline method of are you good at home, <laughs> I, I'll tell the kids, I don't love you. I don't tuck you in. I didn't buy you, you know, your clothes. I didn't feed you. Mom and dad did. So why are you calling me sir? But you're yelling at you know them. So that's good. So you ever think of sending that permission slip home for spouses too <laughs> in the adult class? <laughs> Might be bad, but funny. Probably get like a lot, it. lot less people testing probably <laughs> if you do that. So what are your thoughts on on the whole MMA thing since that started in the early '90s? Guilty pleasure, guilty pleasure. Love watching it, but uh, just watching watching some last night with my lovely wife and watching uh, two people elbowing each other in the head until until one was unconscious. Knowing that people like Anthony Johnson said he retired because he was starting to forget his kid's name. It's a guilty pleasure. Uh, enjoy watching it, but also knowing that 
there's some damage there. You, I teach the adult students to fight if they are attacked. We wear protective equipment so that we don't get CTE. To, to do this, also see right now in the media is a lot of the fighters are complaining about how little they're paid. Paige Van Zandt saying she got she gets paid more for Instagram and her one showing up on uh, Dancing with the Stars got paid more than she ever got in her entire career. Then look at the amount of damage that these guys take and how how many kids think they're going to be Conor McGregor and make all this money and it doesn't happen. You know, we we both from this area know people who flourished, made a lot of money, and then uh, dried up. You know, where where are you now with an aching body and didn't go to college because you're going to be an MMA fighter? Right. Guilty pleasure. Love watching it. Love seeing what works and doesn't work as everybody else does, but yet wish it wasn't so damaging. So now you mentioned the, the tenets of Taekwondo, tenets of Hwang Do. Is there one of the tenets or one of the philosophies of martial arts that you kind of really hold dear to your heart, or is there they all kind of the same importance for you? I, for me, the, I try and tell the kids the word tenet itself, you know, meaning something that upholds everything else. Without it, you know, there's a, a the, the, the pole taken away from a tent. It just collapses. That uh, So the tenets, I think, are all very necessary. I, if you don't have self-control, you've got nothing. If you've, and that's tell the kids that jails are full of people <laughs> who didn't have self-control. I hit him because I wanted to. I stole it because I wanted to. Courtesy, you know, it's just it, it all, it, it all, it changes your life. I black belt that we both know, uh, Master Jerry. Uh, remember one time him? We used to hang out frequently, especially when we were around testing time. And he said, "I started saying yes, ma'am, no, ma'am to waitresses like you do. It's amazing." <laughs> They'll bring you whatever you, uh, uh, you know, just, just when you're courteous, it changes everything. I'm picturing Jerry doing that. Oh. It's spot on. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I love, love that guy. Uh, yes. It, it just, I, I tell you, it, it's not accidental that those are, you know, call our tenants, but yeah, whether it's discipline to, to put yourself through absolute hell and do, do things to your body that you don't want to, I'm tired. Well, too bad. Be courteous. I don't feel like it will. Too bad. It's it, all the tenants. I think are life changing. Just a cu- couple last few questions. Just kind of some fun ones to wrap it up on. Do you have a favorite martial arts book? Is there one that stands out? Or I know you're. I know you're a big reader like me. So I have no problem with the the, the cockroaches under the sink in in Taekwondo. Uh, the a book called A Killing Art. Absolutely fantastic. And it, those who when I started, I was told you know Taekwondo is. Every time I go to Korea, I'll see modifications in, go to the museum, and I'll see what used to show Japanese influence. Now the museum slowly <laughs> removed that exhibit. And A Killing Art is exactly that. It shows how uh, General Hung Hee Che, who, who brought together under military rule the, the nine different uh, original branches of a martial art, then Tung Sudo said, no thanks, we'll be on our own, uh, forced them together primarily. Great book. And if you are willing to look at all of the, the scabs, if you're willing to look at all of that fantastic history of, of the martial art and all of its uh, ugliness. I read that by your recommendation. So it <laughs> is a very, very good book. And then favorite, uh, one or two answers, depending on you, favorite martial arts movie and or favorite martial arts TV show. You can list more than one if you want to. Oh no, it's not. It's not that. It's just the opposite. It's actually so so few martial arts movies have I been happy with. I, I you know, they're, they're the early ones that you know everybody watched, whether it was Bloodsport or whatnot. And look back at them now, and oh, cringeworthy. I just watched uh, Bloodsport two weeks ago, sir. I, a lot of the movies don't hold for me. A lot of them are, uh, yeah, uh, they're shoehorned in uh, a plot over and over again. It was it was Enter the Dragon. 
just with Van Damme. Um, what about uh, A Fighter in the Wind? I know that's one you've recommended to me. That's a yep. great movie. Liked it because it is semi-biographical of uh, Shiro Sony, a uh, famous Korean fighter. And enjoyed that one. Um, I, I House of Daggers. There's oh. there's uh, several of uh, Ang Lee's, you know, whether it's Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and whatnot. I enjoy those. I, I think that they're more, they're fun to watch, and they don't just try and cram in as many fight scenes, perhaps, as possible. But yeah, I don't think you go wrong with anything with Jackie Chan. You a fan of the Ip Man series that was out? <sighs> yeah, <laughs> I, I I think it plays obviously fast and loose and uh, a little xenophobic with uh, you know the Japanese versus the Chinese and uh, not a big fan. Donnie Yen, love love his, his yes. You know all those guys are, are fantastic and fun to watch, um, amazing guys. But I don't know. I I can't really pick a favorite martial arts movie because there's majority of my bad yeah what about tv show uh martial law was fun back in the time i just just watching that the other day it's on (laughs) it's on h and i now so i've been kind of getting reacquainted with that with samo hung yeah oh great show (laughs) no same thing there were there were very few yeah i I love the martial arts but not in media i I don't think i've found any any real good martial arts movies that brought all my kids up my children all being black belts and they, I don't think there's one that I'd have them sit down and this is great this is a great reputation representation of martial arts it's true did you ever watch the show street justice when it was on I remember that was a guilty pleasure of mine in the early 90s with Carl Weathers and Brian Genesee no I have to say okay. I yeah it was that. It actually lasted three seasons surprisingly but uh <laughs> yeah Brian Genesee was a hungar kung fu okay so I, and uh, Carl Weathers was a cop and they kind of teamed up or something like that but your typical cheesy yes. buddy martial arts show, but it was a guilty oh, pleasure. There's so many, whether it was or others, you know, they're you know shaking the tree to find somebody who, who does martial arts. And can we capitalize that? And throw a plot in here. That is true. Yeah. Kind of last, uh, you know, parting thoughts is just why you think martial arts is important. For me, I think, especially in the early stages with with kids, just the discipline. And I've, there, there was a time I would ask the kids, okay, we're going to do hard exercise today. You know, what have you been doing? Oh, football, soccer, on the riding bike, Fortnite, 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 Roblox, Fortnite. Exercise, discipline, things that, and I hate to say things that perhaps mom and dad used to do, demand discipline and now don't do so much anymore. So uh, for the kids, exercise, discipline, not so much the, the martial art aspect as far as fighting, but the idea of Push yourself. Having little kids raise their hand and say, sir, I'm sweaty, like it's a bad thing. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely hilarious. So for me, to raise a generation of kids that are willing to work hard, willing to do push-ups on bricks, uh, on their knuckles, and uh, and not give up. And for the adults, many times, uh, amazing students that we have, Mr. Oscar and yourself, who uh, had kids in class and... Mr. Oscar and some others who put their kids initially in class because like a lot of moms and dads, I'd like my kids to exercise, but not for me. Guys like Mr. Oscar started with his kids, watched his kids, and then decided this is for me. He outlasted his kids. It was Kids decided maybe this was a little too tough. And my meanest, toughest students, the older students, whether it's surviving cancer or surviving teenage daughters, nothing, <laughs> nothing kills them. So for the adults, uh, I, I call it concussive therapy. I'm going to try and patent that. Hitting somebody feels so good at the end of a long, hard day of work. That is true. <laughs> it, it, it's just, I, we're sparring tonight for that reason. I know uh, the, the, uh, students on a Monday really want to hit somebody. <laughs> it's 
great. Well, sir, I just want to thank you again for taking the time to sit down with us and, and kind of give us a little bit about your background and, and some, some of the, just your interest and in, in everything to do with the martial arts. I truly appreciate it, sir. I love it. And it's been a pleasure knowing you for 26, 19, March of 94, I started with you, sir. <laughs> it's been a while. Thank you again, sir. Thanks for listening to Everyday Martial Artist. We hope you will join us every week for a brand new episode with a different martial artist telling their story. If you enjoy the show, be sure to leave us a review. Also, be sure to check out our website at everydaymartialartist.com. There you can find all of our episodes and contact us to suggest guests and ask questions. Again, thanks for listening to Everyday Martial Artist, and we'll see you next week.